In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. I want to share with you on what I call spiritual intelligence on how to effectively run your race. After all, the Bible says you are in a what? In a race. Spiritual intelligence on how to effectively run your race. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. First Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. It said, Know ye not that which that can you give me New King James? Okay, I've been spoiled by God bless you. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain. Usain, I mean, you see Usain Bolt, right? Usain Bolt, right? I'm not if you can remember the people that did not win. Give me one of the names of the people that ran with him that did not win. Some of you are, oh, Basla, you are going to try? Come on, maybe I have a prize for somebody who knows one name. At least, people that run 100 meters or 200 meters, and don't Google it. People that run, anybody knows the name of the people that did not win? But you, we, we all know what? Because he won. But how many of them started that race, especially the finals? There were at least seven. Come on, talk to me. But he, he was the only one that won the prize. I'm talking about the gold medal. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He's talking about running a race, but the only one receives the prize because he ran in such a way that he may obtain it. Verse 25, please. He says, and everyone who competes for the prize. I want you to take note of this, for the prize. Somebody say, for the prize. Compete for what? The prize. Compete for what? The prize. He said, is temperate in all things. To, to be temperate means to be disciplined. It means to have self-constraint or self-control. You know, the interesting thing is, it's called self-control, but Galatians chapter 5 calls it a fruit of the Spirit. So, that tells you, the mere fact that it's called self-control does not make it a function of your flesh. It's not a new year resolution. This year, I will not do it again. In fact, the moment you say, I will not do it again, you just empower yourself to do it. But there is a fruit of the spirit called what? Temperance. I mean, temperance. He and in, even in the natural, the people that win, they, they won because they were, they were disciplined. They worked out. They were not sleeping around anyhow. They were not just eating as they felt. Oh my God. They ate what they needed to eat. They were on routines. Oh. Masha, 
I mean, I, I, I just started some workout routines a few days ago. I woke up today. You already know what I'm about to say. And I felt pain. And I knew it was because certain, certain muscles that have not been touched for a while got touched. So they tore. So I am, in fact, I'm still feeling it. But guess what? I'm going back tomorrow morning. Once I woke up tomorrow, because that's the way to, to get it done. Go back tomorrow morning and do it. And throughout next week, I'm going to do it. Because I'm really working on some, boy, you know. You see me next year and you will glorify God. Boy, I'm about to become your, you know, your, your model 50 plus, you know. This is how 50 plus you look. Now, listen, so, <laughs> so I need to tear certain, you know, tear and build up, and it's not fun. But that is the kind of discipline that it takes to be fit. The reason why Ronaldo at 37 could do what some 30-year-old cannot do is because of his what? Discipline. Is that He doesn't just eat anything. And there have been examples, in fact, certain there are certain players that, I mean, sports followers will tell you are more skillful than him. But they did not last. I can give you an example. Someone like Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho is one of the most gifted footballers. He did amazing things. But listen, by, in fact, the last we had about him was that he was jailed. Entering Paraguay or whatever <laughs> with a fake passport. And you're wondering, what was he doing with that? Very interesting personality. I saw Ronaldo, the other Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, on the TV the other day. Wow. Because they stopped walking out. There's a routine that leads to success. Write it down. There's a routine. And that's why we're here every Friday since the beginning of the month. We're developing a culture for victory. Victory is not just experience. It's experience as a result of certain disciplines. And one of the disciplines is prayer. Before you can be awarded the prize as an athlete, you have to be disciplined. Discipline your, yourself. Restrain yourself or, or restrain yourself from certain things. You have to eat certain way. Now listen, if people will do that to win a natural prize, how much more an incorruptible prize? Because all those medals are corruptible. They cannot be compared with the medals we're talking about. Listen, there are medals to be won. There are medals to be won. God forbid that you are disqualified from your reward because of indiscipline. Write it down. God forbid that I get disqualified from my reward because of what? Indiscipline. By the way, one of the things I took time to explain yesterday, I mean, for those of you that were on Zoom, is the fact that when the Bible talks about being disqualified in verse 27, it was not talking about not making heaven. Because religious people, they love that verse. That's after my preach to others. In fact, since I was young, I've had people hand 
In fact, maybe you just finished praying, preaching. One elder without comfort said, let us pray for our brother who has preached the word of the Lord unto us so that on the last day, it will not be what? Disqualified. And they will quote this scripture. This disqualification has nothing to do with heaven or going to heaven or going to hell. He's talking about the reward of faithfulness that a faithful believer gets. You think every believer that's going to get to heaven is, is the one who's going to hear good and faithful servants? No, there's some people Jesus just say, just enter. <laughs> okay. We have, we have an undecorated mansion for you there. Just, just move in and, you know, please don't complain. <laughs> just, just take it and enjoy it for the rest of eternity. That's sad. I want to show you a few scriptures that talks about the crowns that a faithful believers win. The, there's crown for a soul winner. There's crown for faithfulness. Faithfulness to the call of God upon your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. You are so much about yours that you have forgot, forgotten about ease. Listen, there's, there's a crown that people that focused on God's purpose. Now, listen, someone like Pastor, Pastor Moyo, I mean, he does not have to do what he does. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Now, listen, he's very busy at work. And yet, he will do, he, it's not convenient. But it takes discipline. I mean, some of you think I enjoy flying all over the world. Ask my wife, I don't. Be not deceived. I will rather stay in my basement 28 days a month. So I said, oh, Pastor, you are very outgoing, but my outgoing is a very, very interesting outgoing. I just love being in the basement and relax and just... It's possible that in a month, the only place I go to is church office and church service. I don't like jumping all over the place. Philippines today, Malaysia tomorrow, Brunei the day after. Is as a result of commitment to God's purpose. Do you think I just woke up and said, okay, I don't want to do pharmacy, you know. I think this preaching thing works. But you know, there are people that have been called that the same way I've been called, but refuse to embrace their calling. Because some of them, because of family pressure, some of them because of, no, no, no. Maybe they've seen somebody who lived for the gospel or preached the gospel and was broke. Say, no, I will not be broke another day in my life. If you allow someone else's error or flaw to define your faithfulness or lack of faithfulness, just remember this, there's a price to be won. Don't you say there is a price? I can't hear you say there is a price to be won. For every instruction God gives you to give towards his project, towards his kingdom, to help the poor, to help humanity, there's a crown to be won. You'll be shocked if you are faithful with your finances. How many people will walk up to you in heaven and say, thank you for giving to that project. Thank you for giving to that, you know, because there's a what? A crown to be won. There's a crown to be won. I mean, an evangelist called me from Nigeria today and he was screaming. He was excited and I was excited. 
I mean, because of the glory of God, a ministry have just bought them a new set of equipment that could actually do crusade for over 5,000 people. And he was so excited. And I was so excited because we know for every soul one in those meetings, everybody that gave towards the project has a reward. Lift up your hands and shout, there's reward waiting for me. I can hear you say, there's reward waiting for me. I mean, listen, some people just think the reward is in real estate on art. I bought a new house. That is a shallow reward. I'm not saying you should not buy a new house. But if just because, because you want to buy houses and buy cars and do things in the natural, you forget about meaningful rewards. I woke up this morning and God placed on my heart two different ministries to give to. And bam, bam. In fact, they were the first set of things I did this morning before brushing my teeth because I felt compelled. There is a reward. There is a reward. There's such a thing as living your life with a sense of reward. For every obedience to the... Because can you imagine now, listen. Can you imagine if Philip had not obeyed the Lord in ministering to the Ethiopian Enoch? Come on, talk to me. That seed, the first seed of the gospel in Africa was sown by Philip. And to show how much God valued that mission, he transported them, he transported him supernaturally when it was done. Boom! Just to show how delighted God was. Just to put a sign of approval on that move. You know, there are things you will do and everyone will be like, my God, I love that man. Record it to his account. So God is quickening you to give, to sow, to help, and you are negotiating. Remember, as you are negotiating, you are negotiating your rewards. I want to do this. I want to do that. And that's why ambition that is not aligned to his purpose is the most dangerous thing. God forbid that you are just a Christian who had faith in Christ Jesus but has zero work to your account. So there are people, now, the disqualification is not just based on not doing work, but it can also be as a result of not doing it the way it should be done. The Bible talks about people that do it from the heart and people that do it to be seen of men. People that do it for the praise of men. People that do it for the adoration of men. In fact, you know Paul talked about people that were preaching the gospel contentiously. They were preaching to get him into trouble. Philippians, he said, for as long as it's the gospel they are preaching, let them keep on preaching it. So it's not just doing it, it's doing it right. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. We don't live anyhow. We live for a purpose. There is a purpose of God for our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 9. We have... Is therefore we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Go to verse 10, please. Hopefully I'm in the right... 
Yes. He said, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. So grace was given to him to build. Don't you never say, what is your grace? His grace was to what? Build. He said, it was given to me as a wise master builder. Then I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Mine assignment is to lay foundation. And someone else has been given the grace to what? Build on it. He said, but let each one take it out with on it. Apparently, after Paul had laid the foundation, some people's, the way they were building was very interesting. So he said, be careful that you take it how you build. Verse 11. Are you following me tonight? He said, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Keep on running it, please. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, which is Christ Jesus, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, a straw, keep on rolling it, please. I'm still on it. Each one's work will become clear. For the day we declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire we test. Can we rise up? This is very serious. The fire we test. Each one's work for what sort it is. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. How are you building? Are you building according to God's purpose? Or you are just building based on how you want to build? He said, the one you are building for, we ensure that what you are building is what? Tested. I believe this is a scripture that we need to read to ourselves from time to time. Am I building it according to his pattern? Look at what it now says. He said, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, please. First Corinthians, please run with me. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures. Now that was their certain work. The moment you apply fire on it, it will just, it will burn, burn, burn off totally. He said, he will receive a reward. Because the work was done well. Yes. So he passed the test of what? Fire. Now, verse 15, please. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But that loss is not hellfire. Because he says, but himself, can you see? Can you see? There's a separation of the person and his works. But religion now makes your work your qualification. And forget Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 that says, for by grace are you what? Saved. Not of works. Oh, the scripture is clear. It takes human beings to create confusion. It says, you are saved by grace, so you are fine. But your works has not passed the test because of the way you built. So you will suffer loss. Loss of what? Reward. So sit down, please. Sit down, please. You know, the spirit of the Lord... I lighted this in my, in my heart yesterday when I, when I was, when I wanted to go into the, 
into the Zoom session that is very, very important because a lot of times people have used this scripture to create condemnation. Oh, Lord, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Please. You know, they make it look as if you are saved, but you are still not safe. Because on that day, we just look at you. He said, you've not done it well. Go to hell. You are saved by grace. Can you say, Lan and Clay, say, my salvation is a function of my faith in him. So, your salvation is a function of your faith in his work, not your works. But your reward is a function of your works. <laughs> you are saved based on what? His work. His faith in his work that brought your salvation. But your reward is a function of your faithful work. So both are important because think about it. Eternity. Eternity. Can you imagine eternity? No reward. So you just live for yourself. Fine. It was not your work that saved you. So the sacrificial work of Jesus was okay to save you. But concerning your work, your account is zero. You have no deposit because all your life, you were busy arguing on why Titus has passed away. You did not give. <laughs> you were so focused on yourself. You did not honor my body. You did not even recognize the people that have placed over the local church. And because of that, you... Now, listen. Being part of a local church is a major part of receiving this reward. Because God has a structure. And the moment, I know there are a lot of fools that COVID revealed, that have come up with all manner of theories. All this going to church is irrelevant. Listen, if you are following any of those fools, you are at danger. Unfollow them. The moment you not, notice that's a error, because listen, any, if you expose yourself to a poison, and you say, it's okay, I can handle it, I can handle it, you're, you're a fool already. Because one of the days, the poison will get into your system and contaminate your system. No, 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 no. Don't let your pastor deceive you. They run down every man of God. Now, listen, there are pastors that are crook. But does it mean every pastor is a crook? The local church is a major infrastructure of Jesus, the head of the body. Anyone that attacks the local church is attacking Jesus. He has set... God himself set it. He set the structure. Apostles, prophets, teachers. And you now came up with your useless, demonic, devilish theory. And the whole manner of things going on. So a bunch of believers will head up in heaven and God says, you have no reward. Because even the system and the structures I put in place, you did not recognize it. How can you even know your assignment? You had your own philosophy. And you know, one of the most useless things about this generation is my truth. Can I preach freely tonight? Yeah, my truth. It's my truth. What truth? Jesus is the way to the truth and the life. What truth? What truth? What useless truth are you throwing around? Shut up! Listen to the word of God. This is my truth. This is what I believe. This is my conviction. I don't care about your conviction. I care about what the word of God says. 
Like someone was saying, you know, I, I believe Paul, Paul missed it so many times. I said, Paul, in your mouth, missed it. So you read your Bible to look for what Paul or where Paul missed it. You are smarter than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that made sure that the things that were documented were documented for our consumption. He's not as smart as you. Just because of your small, small, tiny brain, you now think you can analyze the New Testament and take what you feel is okay with you and what does not align with your truth. You discard it. I don't think any generation has produced more fools than our present generations. Is it not sad? Went to Qatar and the, most of the Western world were busy fighting eh, because of your whatever. I mean, they, they said in our country, we don't recognize twisted people as simple as that. So there should not be demonstration of twistedness publicly. And people were complaining, come on, you are twisted, you did help. This not being judgmental, it's the truth of the word of God. What is not what is not right is not right. I just came from Canada. Canada is worse. When they started telling me some of the things they are debating in their parliament, I said, Thank you, Jesus, for America. It has gotten so bad that it's not like you know, just open toilets. Don't even designate it, just open the toilet, just walk freely and do anything. I'm like, what? Can confusion be higher than this? The day that biology is not enough to define agenda, then there's a problem. My truth. What truth? That's for another day. Okay. Somebody say, I will run effectively according to the standard of my Lord so that I will not lose my reward. So there's a reward for walking rightly. For your personal study, let me give you some scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25 talks about incorruptible crown. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 talks about the crown of life. I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 talks about the crown of righteousness. James chapter 1 verse 12 and Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 talks about the crown of life. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 4 talks about the crown of glory. So there are crowns that you get just by being faithful to God and his purpose over your life. Is that very clear? So we run. Somebody say we run. Say loud and clear. Say we run. Number one, we run with focus. What do I get from that? No distraction. No distraction. I cannot tolerate distraction. We run with focus. Give me Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7. We run with focus. We are focused. We are focused. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7. We run with focus. Focus. We run with focus. He said, for the Lord God will help me. This is a prayer that we should pray. 
Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. There's such a thing as being focused. We run with focus, no, no distraction. Secondly, we run with joy. Write it down. We run with joy. We are very, very deliberate with protecting our joy. We ensure nothing touches our joy. Nothing touch you know, the other day, I was backing out of Pastor Godfrey's house. We went for end of the year. And just like, boo. And interesting enough, if anyone wonders, but we still kiss the whatever. I had the sound. I probably told my wife, I said, let's go, let's go. We're not looking at it. I made sure I did not look at it until yesterday. In fact, I did not see it well until today. So I saw it okay. And I saw, okay, a little scratch and the displacement of a sensor. We fix it. Amen. But because I knew if I stopped immediately and I started meditating on, oh my God, my God, my new Tesla, that would have ruined my evening. Nothing touches my joy. Lift up a right hand and say, nothing touches my joy. You have to be deliberate about things. Things will always be what? Things. Nothing compares to Christ Jesus. My mind is on him. Nothing. Whether it's a car, it's a house, nothing is permitted to rob me of my joy. Because for me to be able to run effectively, I need joy. I can't afford being moody. Oh, I'm up today. I'm down tomorrow. I mean, some of us are like, I mean, power, I mean, living in places where there's always power failure. They will just, oh, well, somebody needs to come and fire up the generator every time. Why are you always out? I thought joy is a fruit of the spirits. Joy is not a function of what happens. That's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness, happiness. But for you, it's a fruit of the spirit. Whether the fig tree does not blossom or blossom, it does not matter. I will rejoice. Lift up your hands and shout, I will rejoice. So I do joy. Joy is my, is my nature. In fact, it's not my second nature. It's my, it's my first nature. I do joy. I rejoice. Can you lift up your two hands one more time and shout, I rejoice. Do you know what it means for a prisoner to be writing to people that were not in prison and say rejoice forevermore? Again, I say rejoice. And you are in prison. And the people you are writing to are supposedly free. But apparently, he was more free than them. Paul and Silas were bound in chains and yet they were rejoicing. That tells you your joy has nothing to do with your environment. It has everything to do with your revelation. If you struggle to rejoice, it's because you are short of revelation. You need to repent and say, Lord, help me. Help me. All this getting depressed, getting discouraged easily, anything, any report, any email, any news on ABC shuts you down. Ah, there's a problem. You are short on revelation because if you know you, you cannot be shut down like that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm a strong man. I'm not easily tossed to and fro. I have a revelation of who I am in Christ Jesus. So it's not what is happening around me that dictates my joy. My joy is a fruit of my recreated human spirit. I rejoice. Get on your feet, everybody. Get on your feet, everybody. If this is all we do tonight, is worth it. Come on, shout, I rejoice! 
I'm not satisfied. I want you to run around, scatter this place. All this, I mean, some of you, the reason why you are still cold is because you have not rejoiced. I want you to run around and shout, I rejoice, seven times. Do it with everything you've got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. I rejoice. 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 I said, I rejoice. I said, I rejoice. I said, I rejoice. I said, I rejoice. Sit down. I rejoice. Nothing shuts me down. The next time some report is coming that wants to affect your joy, attack it. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. Remember the person that, that wrote rejoice forevermore was in prison. My joy has no interruption. I rejoice. Listen, a man that will not stop rejoicing will always recover. Oh. A man that will not stop rejoicing will also always what? Recover. As the enemy is stealing, guess what? He's creating an opportunity to have multiples. Because if a thief be caught, he shall restore sevenfold. Jerry Saved taught me several years ago. He said, if the devil cannot steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. If at all he is holding on to something that belongs to you, all you need to do is keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. Very soon the thief will be caught and it will be made to restore sevenfold. I rejoice. I rejoice. If he has attacked your family, rejoice. If he has attacked your goods, rejoice. Somebody shout, I rejoice. I don't wait for something to happen to rejoice. I rejoice because it's my nature. Joy is my nature. I do joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And as I release joy, I release strength. Remember, if you will not stop rejoicing, you will recover all the time. In fact, the devil has not stolen from you until you lose your joy. Because as he's taking away from you and you, are, you keep on rejoicing, guess what? It's going, to have, it's going to be made to turn back. And guess what? What he's asked to bring back must be more, more than what he took. So you are an expensive person to steal from. I didn't know he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's better of not stealing from me because I will bankrupt him. I rejoice. So we run with joy. Thirdly, we run with a clear vision. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And that's why we have the Holy Ghost. So that we can see beyond these eyes. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 is yet to come to the hearts of men what God has prepared. Listen, it takes a man that understands and engages the ministry of the Holy Spirit to to, 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 to to maximize what God has prepared. Because what God has prepared until it's revealed, it has no value. Revelation is what gives value to God's preparation. What God has prepared has no value until it's revealed. And you have the Holy Ghost so that you can have revelation. The Bible calls him the spirit of truth. He will show you things to come. He will give you capacity to see clearly. 
Write the vision, make it plain so that you can run. So we run with a clear vision. Four, we run from rest. We are so much, so I say, how do I really understand rest? Just understand that Jesus finished it. Because the reason why you rest is because he finished. If you can't rest, it's because you are still struggling with the revelation of what Jesus finished. If what Jesus finished has become your conviction and revelation, you will rest. It's a day that believe have entered into what? Their rest. Let me tell you something about a new creation. A new creation was started out resting. Seated at the right hand of the Father. So his commitment should be, I will not vacate my position of rest. So it's not like a new creation is trying to find a place to sit. Okay, let's begin to pray. Lord, help us to rest. No. You started out resting. The question is, do everything in your power to ensure you don't vacate your rest. Don't you ever say, neighbor, in this season, I refuse to vacate my rest. We run from what? Rest. We have an assurance and we are carried by grace. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, I believe verse 29 talks about the unforced redeem of grace. That's what you enjoy when you learn to rest. Grace will carry you. That rest does not mean inactivity, but it means spirit-led activity. A people carried by God. A people sustained by God. He says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come unto me. And I will give you rest. Because that rest will carry you to your destination. So it takes rest to arrive. The moment you cannot rest, you have lost your bearing. Five. We run with a word. Hey, I love this. We run with a word. Don't just run. Make sure you have a word from the Lord. There is a word. Now listen. If you are running with ambition, you will soon lose fuel. You will run out of gas. Because ambition can only keep you so far. But if you are running with a word. Psalm 105 verse 17. When you run with a word from God irrespective of what you pass through, mm -hmm. that word will keep you together. Because that word is built to deliver. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, so shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. Listen, a lot of people think you are being tested. If you are running with a word, you are not really being tested. That word is being tested. And the word will always pass the test. Look at uh, Psalm 105 verse 17. He said he sent a man before them, referring to Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Now listen. In the natural, he looked like it was his brothers that sold him as a slave. But it was reported that it was God that sent him. Verse 18. I'm going to run you over to verse 19. He said they hurt his feet with feathers and he was laid in irons. Get on your feet. I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you are in that season. They are hurting your feet with feathers. And, you, you, you know, you are being laid in irons and you are, you are like, for how long will this continue? But God is saying, just be patient. Just be patient. Verse 19. Let's read verse 19 together. Everybody, verse 19. One, two, three, go.
You know, Joseph was not just in Egypt because he felt like being in Egypt. He was sent there. Because before he went there, there was a word that came. And that word said, he will rule. And that, that dominion was attached to the geographical location of what? Egypt. So because of the word of God that has gone before him, even his brothers that didn't like him, they sold him into his destiny. And he ended up, not just anywhere, he ended up in Potiphar's house, close to his promise. When they were even going to throw him into prison, that in the natural, I looked as if this guy is being punished. They brought him closer to his prophecy. I don't know what you are going through and it feels like, no, 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 no. Will this word deliver? The word knows what to do. The word has his own inbuilt GPS. The word is not lost. Write it down. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. The word is not lost. The word is not lost. Okay, I've lost my bearing. The word is never lost. The word is never lost. In the natural, it looks like Joseph was going down. No, he was moving close to it. And that's why you don't judge the promise and the prophecy of God by the natural primarily. Because there are so many times God is walking behind the scene that you can't read anything on the scene. Who would have thought that Joseph being sent to the prison was to be brought, he was being brought closer to the fulfillment of his destiny. There are certain situations that some of you are going through and you feel so tough. And what God is doing is that he is preparing you for your palace. But in the natural, it feels like I'm being punished. You are not being punished. Don't you never say you are not under punishments. The word is working for you. Oh, come on, Shari said the word is working for you. He said until the time that his word came. And that's why every spiritually intelligent believer ensures that his prophecies are documented. Because, you know, it will take someone who is aware of his prophecy to run with his word. What is, I mean, listen, uh, in my over 25 years of doing full-time ministry, I wish I could tell you that every season has been rosy. There have been tough times, very tough times. But I remember what the Lord told me. I remember what the Lord told me irrespective of seasons, what happens, what people do, that word remains firm. Even when you are not faithful, that word remains faithful. Because there are times you are shaking, but the word is standing. Just hold on to the word. If you don't know how to stand, just hold on to the word. The word is standing. And the word will get you there. Don't you remember say the word will get you there. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Paul told Timothy, he said, this charge I commit to you according to the prophecy which was what spoken over you. He said, wage a good warfare. You need to know your word. You run with your word. Very, very important. And the sixth, the sixth point, you run with a spirit of excellence. Run with a spirit of excellence. Now listen, in this kingdom, please, don't show everything. <laughs> I told you already. Run with a spirit of excellence. Run with a spirit of excellence. Now, you must have a desire to operate at the best. If it's not the best, it's not good enough. The Bible said concerning Daniel, 
and the other Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 1 verse 20, he said they were 10 times better. God wants you to be 10 times better in your craft. Master your heart. Now, the reason why Daniel even had an opportunity to come close to the palace was because he stood out in his skill. Spirit of excellence demands that you aim to be the best in your field. We're talking about takeover, but are you, do you have education for takeover? Do you, have, do you have a community that will help you take over? Or you are, are you just a local champion? And everybody is telling you, you're good, you're good. You're good. You're, you're a man with one eye among the blind men. You're not that good. Anything that is not the best is, is what? Is mediocre. Don't settle for just anything. Go for the best. Aspire the best. Is the spirit of Jesus. We are diligent. Rest does not mean you are excused from diligence. I'm at rest. I don't feel like going to work. I'm resting. No, you are not resting. You are lazy. There are two different things. We run with a spirit of excellence. We run with a spirit of excellence. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 talks about the spirit of excellence that Daniel was known for. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5 says, Add to your faith virtue. And the last one, we run with patience. Before we pray tonight, what is patience? Patience is the ability to remain consistently constant in the face of adversity. When you see a patient man, a patient man is not passive. A patient man is active. He's actively consistent. Saying the same thing, believing the same thing, expecting the same results. It does not matter how it looks like. He's smiling. And it's a capacity of the spirit. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, Be ye followers of them that through faith and patience. Listen, do you know patience is actually a form of faith? Is faith stretched over a long period of time? Everybody can say, I believe now. But two weeks, four weeks, seven weeks, ten weeks, seven years down the line, if what you believe has not shown up, will you still say, I believe? Patience is the ability to say, I believe. In the course of time. And the Bible says, that's what it takes to experience the promise. I know everybody will want an overnight miracle. But there are so many things that God does that he does not microwave. He cooks it. It takes time. A scripture I will never forget is Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. He said, in the fullness of time. There's such a thing as the fullness of time. There are certain manifestations where your life is concerned. That God has scheduled for certain seasons. Look at when man failed in the Garden of Eden. Look at how long it took for Jesus to be manifested. Just because he did not show up 10 years after Adam's sin in the Garden does not mean that promise has failed. God said there in the Garden, he said, the seed will bruise your head. But how long did it take for the seed to manifest? Galatians chapter 4 says, but when the fullness of time has come, get on your feet. When the fullness of time has come, people, people of God is not just faith, it's patience. Don't you ever say patience. patience. Somebody shout patience. patience. 
to inherit God's promise, it takes having the character of patience. You know, there are times that God allows you to pass through season when you get tested so that you can come refined. But do you allow your faith to disappear in the passage of time? But do you, or do you have the character to hold on to the promise of God? While time is passing, you remain consistent all the time. What God has promised is bigger than time. The mere fact that he has not, has not shown up now does not make it invalid. See after me, say the word of God, the word of God. is bigger than time. Time is too small to discredit the integrity of the world. Oh, did you hear that? Time is too small to what discredits the integrity of the world. Be ye followers of them that through faith and patience. 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 James chapter 1 verse 3. Patience. Patience is key. Patience is key. A lot of us we have missed out on the best of God because of impatience. You've been waiting after a while. Say, I can't wait again. And God say, just, just keep on waiting because you know he that will come will come. Though he tarry, he will surely come. Look at it. He said, knowing that the testing of your faith, every authentic faith gets tested. Are you listening tonight? What did I say? But look at the result. He said, it produces patience. The character of patience, which is a major quality to inherit. Verse 4. He said, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4 now says, but let, can we say loud and clear? One, two, three, go. Now turn to your neighbor, preach to your neighbor, say, let patience complete his work. Tell at least four people around you, let patience complete his work. Let patience, let patience complete his work. Let patience complete his work. Do you believe God's word so much that time does not shake you? How it looks now does not move you. God has promised. I'm running with a word from the Lord. Irrespective of how it looks, I hold on to that word. I rejoice with that word. I run with a clear vision, knowing fully well that if patience can complete his work, and we end up at a place called complete, lacking nothing. Somebody shout, lacking nothing. In other words, patience brings you to a place of maturity. Do you know by the time Joseph, in his status, got to the palace of Pharaoh, he was a mature man. The boy that was boasting <laughs> in his father's house, as a teenager. Fine. He received a word from the Lord. But his delivery showed a lot of immaturity. Say, I saw all of you. You bind down. He was a boy that needed to be perfected. So God took him through the school of time. Even Jesus, listen, Jesus, your savior, he did not die on the cross at age one. He did not start his ministry at age 15. He waited till age 30. 
30 years, the promise was hanging on him. Do you remember at his birth? He was already being called a savior. But the savior did not manifest for 33 years. Jesus understood the mystery of time. His mother at some point was going to put him under pressure. Oh, we need some miracle. I know the word over you. You are a miracle worker. It's high time. You start working miracle. Look at the first response of Jesus. Mother, my time has not come. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, In his time, he makes all things beautiful. When a baby comes out in six, six months, it's called premature. But that same baby, if you wait three more months and it comes out, it's called a fully grown baby that is ready to appear on that. That's why when the baby comes out at six months, they don't take the baby home. Do they take him home? No. They keep him somewhere to receive extra help because the baby does not have the capacity to survive by itself. Could it be that your manifestation, if it appears now, will die? Because it has not developed enough substance. It does not have enough infrastructure to sustain itself. And God is saying, in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. But in the meantime, keep on running with joy. Keep on enjoying yourself. Knowing fully well that he that will come, will come and he will not tarry. I refuse to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I believe the word of the Lord. I'm running with his word. And his word is my reality. I want you to begin to rejoice at the revelation you are revealed this, this evening. Come on, begin to rejoice. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.